So this morning is very much about proclaiming our faith. Uh, as we're going to participate in communion toward the end of our service, as we've sung, uh, it is good for us to remember what exactly do we believe and what difference does it make. Uh, with that thought, I'd, I'd like to introduce uh, someone, uh, Dr. Mike Watson. I've asked him to come and share a testimony with us. Uh, you do not know him. Um, I came to know him just a few years ago. Uh, Dr. Mike and his wife Tammy is here with us. Uh, I was greatly impressed with Dr. Mike. I, I met him, uh, heard about him first. Uh, I was impressed because he was the, uh, the family doctor for my dad and my mom. And I knew what a miracle it was for someone to be the doctor for my dad and mom. Because as, as much as I remember my dad and mom growing up, they never went to the doctor. Uh, and so uh, I was uh, very thankful that God had put a doctor in their lives to help them to get some counsel in their life. And so I knew that it took a special man to be able to treat dad and mom uh, in some of their stubborn ways. Um, and uh, but then I met him. I met him because he uh, happened to be at the cabin in Zeblin, and I think he uh, drove uh, some ridiculous amount of miles on his bicycle and happened to be there at the time. Uh, but then uh, he moved away from the family practice and uh, is a medical director uh, with some nurse practitioners and others working uh, underneath his direction and leadership. And uh, they provide uh, health care. Uh, at home after surgeries, uh, and so that's part of what their, their focus is. Uh, but then Dad shared with me some of what was going on in his life and uh, how he was dealing with uh, cancer and uh, God's working in his life and shared with me some of what uh, uh, Dr. Mike had shared out there at their church and how God had ministered uh, through him. And I uh, know, uh, well, you know, in any church, but I, I know especially our church, uh, we don't have to go very far at all uh, to feel the effects of cancer. Um, but it's not just cancer. There's so many other things uh, that God's ministering hand is uh, working through believers to deal with paralyzing effects. Um, and so I want to introduce and, to you Dr. Mike. and I've asked him to come and share his testimony with us. And then after that, we will uh, celebrate the, what the Lord is doing and through the community. So, Dr. Mike Watson, if you'll come at this time and share with us how God has been ministering in your life. Well, it's a great pleasure to be here today. And um, Jared's right. I, some of you probably do know Shannon, his dad. And he, um, I have to say, I've been a family practice doctor for about 20 years longer than I like to think, 22, 23 years, and he's one of the more challenging patients <laughs> I've ever had as far as doing what you ask him to do, <laughs> I guess for lack of a better word to say it, uh, he, he's very resistant to uh, medical advice, but he, he is a pleasure, and his wife, Zelma, is a pleasure, uh, Jared's mother, and I've known them probably for about 15 years or so now, um, went to Mount Vernon in Raleigh, for about that period of time. I knew Jared for about the last five years or so. Um, and um, it, it really is my pleasure to be here today uh, just to share with you what the Lord's done for me. And you know, I, I've been a doctor for 20, almost 25 years now. Um, family practice, uh, grew up in a small town in South Carolina, 
Uh, my dad was a doctor. My dad delivered Nikki Haley, who's the governor down there. Thank you. And um, he, uh, I have a brother and a sister who are both doctors. So we have medicine all in our family. Um, and you know, I, I grew up and, and I went out with my dad and I made house calls, you know, and went to the hospital and did all the small town family things. My dad delivered babies and worked in the emergency room and all this. And so, you know, I got to see medicine growing up and, and you know, saw people who were sick and, and did have problems and had cancers and, and not just cancer, but other problems too, you know. And um, so I felt like I was pretty good with it. You know, I, I can deal with this. And so I went to medical school and, and residency and, you know, I saw a a lot of people who were very sick. I saw a lot of people die. I saw a lot of people that were expected to die, die, and I saw a lot of people that were unexpected, who unexpectedly died. died. And you know, I, I felt like, yeah, you know, I can handle that. You know, it's, it's tough. You know, I have my faith, and you know, I knew what the Lord, what was waiting for me when I died. Um, and I really didn't think that much more about it, you know. I grew up in the church. I knew, you know, the Lord. I was saved when I was about 13. Um, I felt like my faith was about, you know, where it needed to be. And um, so, you know, about a year or a year and a half ago, um, I started to have some back pain. And um, I'd had back pain all along. I kind of grew up with this genetic form of arthritis that runs in our family. And so I kind of had back pain all along, you know, and I, I didn't think that much about it. I thought, well, you know, it's just that same old pain again. But um, Tammy and I were in, in Arizona, and, you know, it was a little bit different this time. It just didn't feel quite the same, although I thought it probably was. And, and I being the, the great doctor that I am, I, I put it off. I didn't really talk to anybody about it. Um, <laughs> I uh, with the urging of my wife, um, I finally did uh, actually talk more to my rheumatologist who had been seen off and on for this genetic form of arthritis for, for a few years. And I uh, got an MRI um, in April of this year. And, um, you know, I'll never forget, I was, I was at a home health meeting. We, that's what we do, like Jared said. We do home health. We go out to patients' homes and see them after they've been discharged from the hospital. And so I was in a home health meeting, and I, I was actually giving a presentation and, and learning more about the electronic medical record that they were using. And um, I got a cell phone call, and I, I actually, you know, it's caller ID, so I could tell who it was. And it was the my rheumatologist, uh, you know, calling, who had ordered the MRI. And so I said, you know, I need to take this. So I went outside, and um, he said, Mike, you know, he said, um, this is... Dr. So-and-so, he said, you know, we've got a problem here. He said, you have got a big tumor on your spine. And he said, this tumor is not just on the spine, but it's compressing the spinal cord. It's actually in encircled several nerves that exit the spinal cord. And, and that's what is causing all your pain. And he said, it's cancer, there's no doubt about it. He said, you know, it's, we don't know if it's, I can't tell whether it's spread, you know, like it's a primary of, say, the kidney that's metastasized or spread to the spine, or whether it's a primary spinal tumor. 
He said, but whatever it is, it's not good. And he, and he said, we need to do more testing. We need for you to see an oncologist. You're probably going to, you know, need surgery. You know, I'm just not sure exactly what's, what's needed. And, and you know, I, th- I had given this news to plenty of patients in the past. Not exactly the same kind of news, but similar news to patients' families. And, and you know, it, it is something, being a doctor, you can kind of distance yourself from that to get, not really cold, but it's not you, you know, it's, it's their, more their problem. You know, you, you're able to, here to help them with it, but it's, it's their problem. You know, it's not yours. And you know, this, this was my problem. And, and what was I gonna do about it, you know? And, and they're just, I can't tell you, and I can't impress upon you how this just consumed me entirely, and more than I'd ever been consumed by anything else in my life. The, the things that consume me primarily fear. I had never thought of myself as being somebody who was fearful. I always thought, hey, I can handle it. You know, I'm a guy. You know, I grew up in the South and, you know, small town, and I can handle it. But I tell you what, there's no fear like that. And um, <clears throat> it, it was a difficult thing to deal with. Um, I went back in, and I, I tried to continue the meeting that I was in. I said, look, I, y'all, I have to leave. I, I, can't, I can't do this. And... Um, I had to leave. I cannot. I just couldn't handle it, and um, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to handle it. To tell you the truth, like I said, I was a God-fearing man. I knew the Lord. I, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I knew where I was going when I died. I knew I was going to heaven, and I knew Jesus. But I tell you what, there was fear that came upon me that day, like I've never known fear before in a consuming way um, I could hardly drive back to our office I, I had thoughts like what am I going to do you know I don't know anything but work um, how am I going to provide for my wife and family you know I'm not going to be able to work who's going to make the money you know God am I going to die or am I going to be left paralyzed I mean I know what this thing is I mean it's a, it's a tumor it's encompassing some of the nerves you know, am I going to be able to walk? Am I going to be able to ride my bike like Jared was alluding to that I love to do? Am I going to be able to do the things I love to do? You know, we all have things we love to do. You know, we, we all have things we don't, we don't want to give up. We don't want to give up family. We don't want to give up life. We don't want to give up certain things we just enjoy doing. I mean, we have those. All of us have those things. I certainly do did and um so i i had to go back and and to the office and and with all this stuff swirling in your head you know and and it was consuming i I just can't impress upon you how consuming this is it just consumes your thoughts entirely and um so you know to make a long story short um we looked into what needed to be done next. Um, 
I went to see Tammy and I went to see several neurosurgeons, one at UNC. Um, I remember going in and talking to him. He, he came in the room and he said, Mike, Dr. Watson, he said, you know, you have a problem. He said, and you have about four years. He said, there's nothing much we can do. He said, you're, we need to look at, at this point, we need to look at quality of life, not quantity. And that's what, he said, I'm being upfront with you. He said, I can't do the surgery. He said, it's too much for anybody in this department to do at UNC. He said, there are a few surgeons around the country who maybe could do it, but there's nobody in, in this department, nobody in this state, nobody that I know of that can do it. So we then went on a trek looking for who could do it, you know, and, and the trek took us uh, up to Johns Hopkins. We went to Johns Hopkins and saw the premier neurosurgeon in the world for this kind of problem. Nobody any better, so they say. And I'll never forget the day we went in um, and saw this neurosurgeon and a nice guy, now just a first class fella. Um, pretty much turned around and said, you know, I, I, I can operate on you. He said, but you'll lose your function of your right leg, and I'll probably you'll lose the function of your left. You'll be left in a wheelchair. You won't walk. I can't guarantee it. You may be able to have therapy and come back and, and, and be able to walk. And, and my wife, Tammy, and I were just thinking that, you know, it's, um, this is, uh, incredible, you know, this kind of um, news. Um, so we, uh, we did some serious prayer at that time in search and, and found treatment, uh, another type of treatment, radiation treatment, which the Lord led us to up in Boston. We lived up there for um, a couple of months this summer, received uh, radiation treatment every day for two months. Um, but I just want to, uh, you know, that, that's a long story, and, I, and I, we don't have a lot of time. And I just wanted to, there are a few things I did want to, to, to make very clear um, with what we learned through this and what the Lord taught us through all of this. And one is that the Lord can do all things. And, and medical science is not the end. The Lord has the ultimate say. And he's going to determine the length of our days. And he's going to determine what can be done. And he's going to determine the healing that takes place. And the fear that comes on you, and not just cancer, and not just chronic medical problem, but all of us have fears. Whether it's one of us guys who doesn't want to really admit that we get fearful, we do. Every one of us here does. And we have fears in our lives. But... These fears do come on us. These fears are not of God, it says. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, Fear is not of the Lord, and it's not of the Lord. Fears of the devil. The Lord is of love and peace and sound mind. And just, I want to impress that upon you, that the Lord is, that fear is not of the Lord, and the Lord can take you through any, anything there is out there. And I think, too, that an important point to remember when this kind of thing comes on you, if it does, this consuming fear is to remember, as Paul said, you know, that Christ is sufficient to meet any need that we have. Any need that we have, 
Christ and Christ alone is sufficient to meet that need. And if we lose certain things that we hold dear and that we feel like we can't do without, Christ is sufficient to fulfill whatever need that may be lost. And not only will he fulfill that need, but we can lead a happy, healthy, whole life through Christ and what he will provide. He's promised never to leave us nor forsake us. He's promised to never or to always work all things together for our good. And he will. And you have to believe that he will because he will. And when, that, when those kind of fears do come on, whatever they are, realize that Christ is sufficient to meet whatever fear that is. He's already conquered that fear. And he'll lead us through it. And he will provide for our every single need we have through it. And I think that that, that has been the lesson that I have learned through all of this. I'd like to, I had a bunch of stuff to say here, but I just don't have time to say it. And I, I would like to tell you a whole lot more about what went on through this journey. But I think the main thing that I'd like to get across is that you know, when these things do come upon us, whatever fears they may be, because they will. If you don't have fear today, you'll have it at one, some point here. You know, it's going to come. Is to remember that, that, that Christ is sufficient to meet every need we have, to conquer every fear we have. You have to just believe. Just believe in him and believe what he can do. And he will deliver. He, will, he is faithful to his promises that are in the word. And it says in the word, he who promises is faithful. And he who promises is always faithful. And, and you know, I, don't let it come to a point where, like I did, you know, where it's, um, it reaches a critical mass, you know. Just realize that that's, that's the truth, and it is the truth, you know. And just stand on those promises when it comes, because the book... The scripture is full of those promises, and every single one of them is true. Every single one is true. God will always come through. The Lord will always come through. And um, like I said, I had a bunch of other stuff to say, but I'm gonna, I think I've, I know I've run out of time. My wife has motioned to me that I have. <laughs> so um, anyway, it was a pleasure to um, talk with here today, and I, I'd love to come back at some point and, and expound on things further, but I better... I better let Jared come up here. Thank you. And so I just want to kind of sum up some things with Psalm 37. Um, Psalm 37 says, in verse 23, the steps of a man are established by the Lord. We don't know where the steps might be, how we might like them or not like them. But they are established by the Lord. When your steps take you down a road, when a doctor calls you and gives you news like that, God's still establishing those steps. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I've been young and now I'm old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. 
Turn away from evil and do good, so shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. I just want to bring this to your attention. He says, wait for the Lord, keep his way, and he will exalt you and inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. God is aware of all that goes on. And sometimes we just have to ask ourselves, because you've heard this time and time before, but I assure you there will be a day in every one of your lives when the question will come to you, what do you really believe? And the answer isn't just how you sing on a Sunday morning. It's what you deal with, how you deal with it, whenever your life is challenged. Your physical life is challenged. Your financial life, your emotional life is challenged. Your family life is challenged. And the very question of existence is at stake. It's at that moment when it matters the most. What do you believe? But you prepare for that. You prepare for it by delighting yourself in the Lord now. Delighting yourself in the Lord now is the greatest preparation when life itself has no delight. Delight yourself in the Lord now to prepare for when life itself has no delight. Psalmist David says, thy loving kindness is better than life. And so I, I present this to you, and I want us, so we're going to have a time of, of invitation before we have communion. This is not your normal Sunday morning, but it's okay, because it's how God is speaking and working through Scripture, through a person's life, and that's what we need to hear. And so I know there are people in our church body that are dealing with things similar uh, to uh, Dr. Mike, uh, Linda Myers, Dick Cook, Jenny Lasseter. Um, we've got uh, Mr. Burl Cousins. Uh, there's, uh, I'm afraid of naming these because I know there's others. Others that are not even mentioned yet. I want to say as we have an invitation. I want us to come and I want us to pray for people who are having crises of faith whatever reasons. And let's pray that the faith that Dr. Mike has shared that comes from Jesus Christ can be reproduced in their life through us. And that may be that we have to say whatever comes, I trust in the Lord. He is over all. And for whatever reasons i appreciate what one of the things i appreciate about about dr mike is he sees the cancer as a platform it's not what defines him it is an opportunity for him to talk about what defines him so don't let your cancer don't let the things that happen in your life be your definition jesus is greater than all these things will you let him define you let him direct you through the challenges of life.